I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome to a festive edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. Happy Christmas! Our podcasts usually bring you a mixture of features and discussions, exploring every aspect of gardening, plant care, pest control, container ideas, growing your own fruit and vegetables, plus expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. But in this special Christmas Eve edition, we're going to look at what you can be doing in your garden, not just now, but in the year ahead, to grow your own Christmas for 2016. I'm Jenny Bowden, one of the team of horticultural advisors here at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey, and today I'm speaking to you from the hushed tones of the RHS Science Library. In the next 30 minutes... We're going to hear tips and techniques on how to grow your own festive fruit and veg for your Christmas feast. How to choose and nurture winter plants to make stunning decorations for your table and for your home. And finally, get ideas for seasonal activities to burn off some of that delicious festive fare. But first, let's head outside to find out how Christmas is shaping up here at RHS Garden Wisley. My name is Matthew Pottage and I'm the curator here at RHS Garden Wisley. So Wisley at Christmas time, Wisley's always beautiful, Christmas is no exception and looking across the gardens actually here on Christmas Eve but generally at Christmas at Wisley you still have lots of interesting plant structures across the garden, namely just by my office there's the beautiful grass borders and they're still full of colour and structure of whites, browns, golds and all that leafy fine texture that still stands through those all important winter months. But then there's a glow of orange and red over on the far side of Seven Acres from the Winter Walk. And that's all the corners and winter stems of willows, some acinagundos, some tilias. There's snowdrops popping up, there's hellebores popping up, so there's flower colour already going on there. And the first of the witch hazels are opening, so there's a little bit of the scent that's going to be completely surrounding us in the January, uh, February months. But then also we've got a bit of fun. We've got some giant uh, light installations around the garden for, for the mainly the, the December period and just slightly into the new year. Uh, it's called our Glow Event, and they're giant flowers. There's big stands of them, vibrant colours, and the gardens are open until 6 o'clock, so visitors can come and see those in the proper, you know, the darkness of the evening. And all the paths on that network are lit up with fairy lights, so people can find their way around. Wisley is incredibly dark, you know, despite being in Surrey and there's London light pollution, it's very dark. So it is fun to see those, and a few of the trees are uplit with that too. And then in the glasshouse, we've got some beautiful poncettias. 
we've got some air plants, Tillandsias, that are in, they're basically in like big balls, like big spheres, and they're suspended from the roof. There's a handful of those, which are quite fun. And the, the team in there have actually also made a mini Christmas tree out of those. It stands about eight foot high, and it's completely silver of all these air plants. It's very beautiful. It's probably one of my favourite things in there they've done for Christmas. So do come along and see us, if he's, even if it's just to walk off too much food, too much lunch. Christmas is all about eating, I think, among other things. So do come and take a brisk walk around Wisley, and there's still lots to see, as always. Matthew Pottage, newly appointed curator at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey. More from him later. Every year, the RHS advisory team receives scores of questions about Christmas plant decorations. How can you keep the birds from eating all the berries on the holly? Is it possible to grow your own mistletoe? Innovative ideas for homemade and homegrown decorations. And please, please give me some ideas for Christmas plants other than poinsettias. Help is at hand. We asked our gardening experts some of your most pressing Christmas concerns. I'm Lee Hunt. I'm the Principal Horticultural Advisor here at RHS Garden Wisley. I'm Tony Dickerson. I'm a Horticultural Advisor here at uh, RHS Wisley in Surrey. I'm Guy Barter. I work with the uh, RHS Gardening Advice and I'm based in Surrey at Wisley. And I'm Helen Bostock. I'm Senior Horticultural Advisor at the RHS. Marion Armitage has emailed in from Newcastle. How can I encourage my holly to produce more berries and stop the birds from eating them all before Christmas? Well, I think the crucial thing here, you must make sure you, that your holly tree is a female and that somewhere not too far away is a, a male tree. Um, several females to one male will do. It can be quite confusing because you'll find that uh, golden king, for example, is female, whereas golden queen or silver queen are males. Probably the best thing to do if you're purchasing plants is check the label. It will often indicate whether they're male or female. Um, the RHS plant finder will also give you that uh, indication. So uh, the first thing, check you've got the right sex. Just to confuse matters, there is one that's more likely to be a bit self-fertile as well, and that's called J.C. Van Toll. Uh, we often think of hollies as being very spiky uh, with their leaves, lots of prickles on the edges. This one's got a nice smooth edge, um, but it does have lots of very good red berries too. So one to consider if uh, you haven't got a lot of hollies around you and you're wondering with pollination to get the fruit is going to be an issue because there aren't, anyone, aren't any other plants and there isn't room in your garden to put more plants in to get the fruit. I think it's going to be very difficult, unfortunately, to stop the birds getting the berries. Um, and I think, let's face it, the birds need the berries probably more than we do. So let's let's have a little bit of sharing. Um, I did one year um, pick a load of holly with berries on, thinking that I was going to sneak the berries away from the uh, birds before Christmas so I could use them for Christmas wreaths, pop them into the shed, came back a few weeks later, not a single berry left, or the little mices has had them instead. So yeah, I think we just need to throw in the towel, let nature do what it does best, which is use our gardens to the full and enjoy the berries one thing you could try is maybe looking for a holly that's got um, yellow berries because those will probably last that little bit longer. Birds have an uh, innate tendency to go for reds first before other colours. 
So that's things like uh, Fructio Lutea, isn't it? Which has, um, they're quite golden yellow, aren't they? They're quite pretty. And they make an interesting talking point when you do add them to a wreath because uh, you can explain to people what they are as well as um, being something sort of, of horticultural interest. Mrs. Connolly's uh, sent us a letter and she says, I hate poinsettias. Can you please suggest some alternative gift ideas of seasonal plants for displays and presents? I'm going to go for, and again, this is probably something in the background of being in a florist shop for, for a few Christmases. Um, and that's the paper white narcissus, which are absolutely stunning to look at. Very beautiful. Um, white um, centers you've got the fragrance is probably the first thing to be honest that is going to hit you if you're within six feet of a a paper white Um, very prettily often uh, planted in little baskets if you want to give it as a gift um, you can pop one of those little wicker baskets around the pot to disguise it and then hide all that stuff at the bottom of the pot with a little bit of moss again you can buy those from most florist shops or if you've got a lawn that looks anything like mine you can usually tease out a few bits of moss from it as well but um they won't last overly long the hotter the room that you put them in the 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 quicker they'll go over but for those few weeks um or even perhaps days in a really warm room that you get to enjoy them you they really will knock your socks off i think i'd go for something with a bit of future ahead of it and i think in this case citrus would be a great choice uh, uh, maybe just an ornamental orange or lemon or uh, one that you could actually use the fruit of. Um, very good for domestic situations. Yeah, plenty of light, but over the winter, doesn't need to be particularly warm. Uh, keep slightly on the cool side. Water and feed it in the summer months. Grows very well. Great foliage, many flowers. And as I say, if you're fortunate and you choose the right uh, variety, then you'll also get some fruit. Some people do come to us in the winter feeling that perhaps they've been given a citrus but they've only got a um, perhaps a, a house to keep it in somewhere indoors and they're finding that it's dropping its leaves so uh, maybe think a little bit has has the person you wanting to to give a citrus to maybe got a sunroom or a conservatory or a greenhouse because they'll probably find it a lot easier to keep care for it in the winter with those facilities going back to poinsettias uh, what we know of course is that just like Mrs. Connolly is describing where she hates plants, it seems a general trend because we know that sales have been going down now over a number of years and that's been in the news. But of course, poinsettias are known for those big, ripe red bracts that sit on the top. So they're not actually flowers. They're closer to leaves than flowers. And then they have little dots in the middle, which are the proper flowers. So if you have a look in the centre, those yellow bits of the flower structures. Obviously, they can be bought now in a wide variety of colours, so almost yellowy green colours, pinks. The trick is to try and get them fresh and to get them directly from a good nursery because uh, at this time of year, if they get sat outside in the cold, they get shocked. And then you know that traditional thing where uh, you get the poinsettia home, you set it up, and then on Christmas morning, about half of the bracts have dropped off and then the rest of the bracts are lucky if they make it to the sherry after the Queen's speech. 
that's because they've been maltreated. And if they, uh, you get them from a good supplier where they haven't got cold, wrap it up when you take it home. Make sure that they put one of those cellophane wraps around it or you close the top if they've got one already on. That should help enable you to get it home in good condition so you don't get those problems. And they can last a very long time. We certainly hear of people who, yes, they got them right through Christmas, which is a start, but then they carried on into the next summer and they grew. And then... If they put them in a room without light in October, September, October time, they will do again for the next year. Not everyone wants to do that. So some people do treat them like a bunch of flowers. But if you do carry on growing them, then yes, they can get to many metres tall. Helen, you've probably seen them out in Spain. How tall can they get? Yeah, it was came as a huge surprise when I saw them growing in the wild, um, sort of central Spain. Um, I've seen them in very arid conditions. Um, I have to say I've only sort of... Uh, caught sight of them looking down from a sort of uh, old castle um, area of, of the cities. Um, and, yeah, they were literally just sort of clinging to the side of these these rocky um, outcrops that you'd think really and scrubby areas. Um, but they were huge. I mean, they, they were, like you say, um, probably at least two metres, what, six foot, um, eight foot, probably taller very different creatures from what we expect to see, you know, picking up in the supermarket to take home for mum or whatever. We've got a, a, an email here from Joe Carter. Uh, I'd like to make a scented Christmas wreath, so something slightly different. What seasonal plants might be suitable, please? And can you suggest combinations that would create a breathtaking display? Yes, hopefully a breathtaking and a sweet-smelling one as well. Um, I think one of the things to remember is this time of year is a bit of an in-between time for flowers in the garden but there are a few things that can flower early enough to enable us to get them into the Christmas displays. First one is the appropriately named Christmas box. This does actually begin to flower at this time of year and it has a very strong scent, a really rich pungent scent that you can smell on the wind as it gets warm. It looks a bit like a box plant, but it has more elongated leaves, little points, and it will form a mound not too dissimilar to a box plant where it's evergreen, it's glossy. And then the flowers are actually quite inconspicuous. They're just almost like little brushes of either cream, something like Sarcococca confusa, or uh, with the hookerania types as well, you get more of a pinkish tinge and often a purplish stem as well with some of those cultivars of the hookerania varieties. Um, they bend very well, so you could almost form a, a base of that, particularly if you've managed to get quite a large plant going and it, you can cut it off and it, that's fine. It, it responds quite well to pruning. So that's my first choice. I wonder whether you could add in something like um, Viburnum bodnantensi dawn, which is a deciduous shrub, um, lovely for sort of back of the border, has clusters of um, pink flowers, um, which again are heavily scented. I think you'd probably be wanting to add it into a wreath which is has an oasis base to it. Um, oasis is uh, a florist. Um, uh, cheating um, a material which uh, that that sort of um, spongy green stuff that flakes away if you prod and poke at it too much but all you do to get that wetted is just get a block sit it on the top of a bucket or a, a basin of water and just let it soak in um, at its own time don't push it under otherwise you'll get some air, air pockets in there and that will keep plants that might have a tendency just to sort of flop or go over too quickly um, when they cut um, to yeah really sort of hold them sometimes for 
many days, if you know, even weeks. Um, so I'd, I'd add those in. I guess there's a bit of a cheaty one as well. If you really can't find anything um, particularly scented from the garden uh, at Christmas time, of course, you can always get a few candles in there, a few scented tea lights and things. Just, just you know, watch where you sit in them. <laughs> Well, moving on, I've got um, another question here um, from uh, somebody called E. Cumley of Suffolk. Um, they say, I love cranberries, but you can only seem to be able to buy them in December. Firstly, can I grow them myself? I have a greenhouse. Or are there any tart berries more suited to British climate that I should be trying instead? So do, do we have anybody who's a bit of a know, know it all on cranberries? Well, the true cranberry... Um, it's grown mostly in North America and it's in areas where it can be flooded. So uh, as the cranberries get ripe, uh, water is led into the cranberry area and the berries float away and they're scooped out of the water. So um, it's not quite possible to get uh, cranberries as easily as that in your own garden but happily cranberry plants can be bought and are grown just like any other what we call ericaceous plants which are acid loving plants and um, they are relatively easy to to grow but i have to tell you that they don't give a heavy crop so you'd need them um, three or five to uh, to get a good picking of course cranberries make very low growing plants so they're they are very much ground hugging and uh, for example you end up growing them in a container because you can actually get some ericaceous compost so if you haven't got um, the right soil that can be a good way of doing it you find it almost trails over the edge so it makes quite a neat pretty plant and then you do get the berries sort of dotted on the top so it can be very ornamental i was actually trying to think of anything that would be a sort of substitute that would be easier to grow. Um, I can't claim this is perfect, but I think um, gooseberries is your next best option because when you pick them small, they're tart and you can freeze them. So you could keep them to this time of year. But I can't claim the, the right colour, but they would provide that sort of similar complement of, sort of sweet tartness to something like um, the turkey. So I could see it could just about get away with it. I think that's actually a very good choice uh, Blueberries from perhaps five square feet, you'll get a pound of fruit from that same area. A good gooseberry will probably produce anything up to 10 pounds of fruit. And if you simply want the great super fruit, uh, grow a black currant. While we're on the subject of currants, don't forget um, there's white currants with a very mild flavour. Um, red currants with a particularly characteristic flavour that are a traditional winter uh, relish. And also there's pink currants that um, have got somewhere in between the two but are very attractive to grow. Uh, the red currants can actually last in the fridge for many, many weeks uh, if you pick them at the right kind. So you don't actually have to preserve or freeze them. You just need to keep the birds off in my experience. And they'll even go for the white ones um, later on. But um, anyone grown a jostaberry? I'm a big fan of the jostaberry. Um, it is the most splendid berry. I wouldn't have said it's terribly tart, though, but it has got a most wonderful colour. Jostaberry fruits have that wonderful cross of flavours between the, the gooseberry and the blackcurrant as well. So that sharpness and that rich fruitiness. They uh, can be used, obviously, for things like the sauces and for crumbles, but they make really good jam as well. So um, as well as freezing them, I suggest that you get on and preserve them in that way. You can find more tips and advice and video guides to growing your own fruit and vegetables on the gardening pages of the RHS website. That's rhs.org.uk forward slash advice. 
I'm Jenny Bowden and you're listening to the Christmas edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. When you've had your fill of rich food and a board of board games, here are some events and activities happening at our four RHS gardens that will get you out in the fresh air. RHS Garden Rosemore's Winter Sculpture Exhibition is now an established part of our events programme and continues through into 2016 with an exciting and eclectic mix of exhibits from a diverse collection of sculptors spread throughout the garden. Pick up a trail leaflet and see how many sculptures you can discover. If you need cheering up from dull winter days, why not visit the Christmas display in the Glasshouse at RHS Garden Wisley, which runs until the 4th of January. Hundreds of plants are specially grown by the team, including poinsettias for a large Christmas tree, phytonia and anthurium. The tropical zone is transformed by vibrant colours and pillars are adorned with hundreds of orchids, free with normal garden entry. Join the Hyde Hall Gardeners for a masterclass demonstration on late winter pruning techniques for shrub roses and wisteria on the 7th of January. Again, places are limited and discounted tickets are available for RHS members. Are you new to gardening and unsure exactly what you should be doing and how to do it, or a keen gardener wanting tips on your timings? Join us at RHS Garden Harlow Car on the 22nd of January for a winter workshop that will take you through the gardening year, providing a whistle-stop tour of techniques, tips, tricks and advice on seasonal tasks. Places are limited and discounted tickets are available for RHS members. Details of all these events, as always, are on the website at rhs.org.uk forward slash gardens what's on. Here you can also find details of some of the stunning winter displays at the RHS partner gardens around the UK. Well, that's almost all we've got time for on this Christmas edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. But before the team retire to stoke their fires and hang the final tinsel on the wisteria, let's hear what our garden lovers are hoping to find under the tree on Christmas morning. Okay, well, I do have a bit of a thing for wildlife gifts. Um, We might as well all benefit. Um, perfect thing for um, that special person in your life might be a bird box camera Um, it's going to keep delivering um, get it set up before the next nesting season starts Um, what it normally comes in with is instructions on how to set up the bird box itself and then you just get a little tiny camera that fits inside either operates on mains power or you can put it on a battery and then from the comfort of your own home you can have hours of fun watching on your screen the events unfolding as nature um, comes with the blue tits, blackbirds, um, any of the nesting species. Um, and even in the winter, when you might not have the birds in there, quite often you see just what what other wildlife gets up to. Things like mice will often go and shelter in there. So those are quite expensive. So if you can't afford, um, you know, perhaps a, a full bird box camera set, how about getting little bird box plates? These are little metal discs that you screw onto the front of conventional bird boxes. You get them in different sizes for the holes. And what it does is just guard against um, predation of the fledglings in the box from things like squirrels and corvids, so that's crows and jays and things. Um, And again, those don't cost very much and they're a really nice little stocking filler. Yeah, so well, getting away a little bit from the wildlife, I think um, a trailer load of manure would be ideal. 
Um, and I'm sure most listeners can think of some super suitable recipients. Failing that, bag products from garden centres or DIY superstores, uh, nothing better for any garden soil of any description. Um, the other alternative, uh, certainly an expensive alternative, something I've mentioned before on podcasts, copper tools. They'll last not only your lifetime, but several other lifetimes, and there's nothing more luxurious than a copper tool. I would add to that because I do think often gardeners, we need the basic stuff and often those are the most expensive things. So I'd always add a pair of good secateurs in there. But if you're looking for something a little bit different, um, after Christmas, I tend to spend a lot of time in the greenhouse because one, it's dry and two, there is quite a lot of stuff in terms of um, seed sowing, tent cuttings, thinking about potting up the dahlias and getting them going. So I find often these jobs quite repetitive and having something to listen to is a good idea. And as well as um, the traditional radio, obviously now you can get all sorts of different devices. So um, things that play um, MP3 where you can get podcasts and music and of course i'd like to think that you're all listening to us on a perennial loop um but of course you i'm sure you want a bit of variety with that too but the idea is to sort of keep me entertained and keep me going on what is often quite a cold damp job uh, so having something to take the the mind off and entertain is useful um one of the most interesting things that we encounter in the advice service is a number of people who are given plants and we say to them are you pleased about this gift of a plant and they say well if you want the truth not really um and for gardeners giving them plants is a bit of an imposition really but you can make them very 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 happy indeed by giving them a voucher um so that they can buy the plant that they actually want um so it's worth um, just bearing that in mind however um a wildlife gift one that i certainly intend to give my unlucky family this winter um is the special bird boxes made for house sparrows house sparrows are social birds and they like to nest in fairly close proximity and you can get special nest boxes that have several compartments and the poor old spadgie has been in a long-term decline for reasons that are not entirely clear but one of the things appears to be that our houses and buildings are so much better nowadays there's just not the places for them to nest so that's going to be my thing i'm going to help the sparrow come back from its decline so that's it for this christmas edition of the rhs gardening podcast we'll be back next year Until then, remember to follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and like us on Facebook. For now, from me, Jenny Bowden and all of us here at Wisley, season's greetings and until 2016, goodbye. Walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. 
and I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step, and you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine and so much more. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> 